Amen. Thank you for that. It's a great song. I believe God. Amen. And uh, let's take our Bibles this morning, the book of 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1. It always really amazes me how many times the specials and the songs kind of go right along with the message that is going to be preached. Uh, that's not something that is planned. It's just something that happens. And uh, I'm glad the Lord kind of leads that way. But in 2 Timothy chapter 1, we'll begin reading in verse number 1. And uh, we've been in here a couple weeks. And uh, we are down to... Uh, Verse number three or four, I think, and so I'm I'm hoping this morning we'll get a little bit farther in chapter one. Let's begin reading in verse number one. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, That without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which first dwelt in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands." For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Father, we do thank you that we can come again this morning. Thank you for the beautiful singing, Lord, just the messages that the songs uh, present. And Lord, because we, we have seen what you have done, Lord, we can testify of your goodness. Lord, we, we believe that your word is true. Lord, many times, though, even though we might believe it's true, many times we may not act upon it. And so I pray, Father, this morning that you would help us not just to believe that it is true, not just to hear it. Lord, may we act upon what you have for us this morning. May we be obedient to your word. Lord, if there may be someone that's here this morning or watching live stream that may not know Christ as their Savior, I pray that they would be obedient to what you'd have for them to put their faith and trust in you. And for Christians this morning, we would believe your word is true. We would trust it and follow it and be obedient to it. Father, bless now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as we've been looking through, going through this book of 2 Timothy, of course, we remember that this is Paul's final letter. This is his final uh, letter that he pens to this young man named Timothy uh, before Paul is going to be executed and martyred for the cause of Jesus Christ. Uh, so very, very important words that we find here. And we've been looking at Paul as we've gone through this uh, study on 2 Timothy. But this morning, uh, I'd like to uh, look a little at who this letter is being written to. Um, obviously, we know that Timothy is who it is being written to. It's addressed to Timothy. But who is Timothy? Right? Where, where did... Where did Timothy come from? You know, many times we hear about Paul and we know about Peter and we know about many of the disciples and things, but some of these other characters that we find in Scripture, we hear their name, but we really don't know much about them and why it's important that Paul is even writing to Timothy. And so this morning we're going to look just a little bit at Timothy. Uh, We know Timothy was from Lystra, a town called Lystra 
in uh, what was known as Asia Minor, which would be uh, kind of what is referred to as, as Turkey in our present day. Uh, but he was from a town named Lystra. In fact, if you go back to the book of Acts, chapter 16, you can hold your place um, there in 2 Timothy. But if you go back to Acts chapter 16, this is uh, Paul's second missionary journey as Paul has already previously gone out. He's come back to the church of Antioch. He's reported after some time he feels led of God to go back again. And so he's going on what we call his second missionary journey. And it says in chapter 16, it says, Then came he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus. Right? So we find Timothy is from this town called Lystra. Um, and this is where Paul meets Timothy. But this was not the first time that Paul had met Timothy in Lystra. In fact, if you go back to chapter number 14, in chapter 14, this was actually Paul's first missionary journey. And in chapter 14, we find Paul, and uh, he is going around and uh, through many of these different areas, preaching the gospel and uh, being opposed. And he's gone to Iconium. And then from Iconium, he is driven out. And then in chapter 14 and verse number six, it says, they were aware of it and fled unto Lystra and Derbe, cities of uh, Lyconia and unto the region around th that lieth round about. And there they preached the gospel. So now Paul has come to Lystra in this area, and he's preaching the gospel. And, of course, if you know what happens here, um, uh, there's a, a man that is lame, and Paul heals him. And uh, this, of course, gathers a lot of people. They begin to wonder what's happened, and they begin to basically say that, uh, that Paul and uh, Barnabas are the gods that have come down from the heavens, right? I mean, because nobody's able to do miracles like this, and so surely this must be the gods. And so they come, they've come down, and so they give them uh, these names, Jupiter and Mercury. Uh, and then, of course, Paul says, hey, look, we're, we're not gods. We're just men like you. Uh, and they begin to preach the gospel. And, of course, that began to make some people mad. And those that they had ma made mad in previous towns came, and uh, they began to get upset. And it was here in Lystra that they actually take Paul outside of the city, and they stone him. And he's left for dead. Great place of remembrance, right? <laughs> I mean, this is that place, Lystra, that Paul was trying to preach the gospel and performed a miracle, and, and people didn't want to hear it. In fact, they took him outside the city and stoned him and left him for dead. And, of course, many believe that Paul actually died, and, and God raised him back up. But this is where Timothy is from, this place called Lystra. And, of course, we know, as there were those that had believed in Lystra, uh, we know that um, it was very possible that Timothy was one of these uh, people there in Lystra that had believed because as we come to chapter 16, we find that uh, there is a, the Bible says there's a disciple named Timotheus that, is, uh, that has really been learning and growing now um, and through the word of God. And he says there um, in verse number chapter 16, behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus. Uh, and in verse number two, it says, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. So here is, here is Timothy's beginning, right? Can you imagine Timothy as a young man, and uh, all of a sudden he hears of this man by the name of Paul, 
that is in town, and he's preaching, and, and we don't know if Timothy was there when the miracle was performed, but no doubt Timothy probably heard of the miracle that was performed and, and went out to hear Paul preaching, and uh, as Paul was preaching, the, the mob begins to gather around, and, and no doubt Timothy was probably one that uh, was swept along with the crowd and wondering what this crowd was going to do with, with the apostle Paul and taken outside of the city, and, and no doubt here's this young man watching as uh, the Jewish leaders and people in the town took up stones and began to stone Paul and see Paul's body fall to the ground and to think that he is dead. And then all of a sudden, Paul gets up. He gets up and the Bible says that he ends up going back into Lystra and preaching again. And, and then, of course, he leaves and he's gone back to Antioch. But now on his second missionary journey... Paul comes back and he finds Timotheus, this disciple. He's growing in the faith. So we're going to look at Timothy this morning because this is who Paul is, is writing to, this Timothy. And I want you to notice a few things about Timothy as we learn about him this morning. I want you to go back with me to the book of 2 Timothy. As Paul is writing to him, he says, My dearly beloved son... And, of course, we've, we've looked here in these first few verses, but he says in, in verse number four, "...greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also." So I want you to notice, first of all, Timothy's heritage. Notice his heritage here. And I would say, if, if we could use a term, maybe, uh, I would say Timothy seems like he's come from a, maybe a little bit of a broken home. This wasn't your typical Jewish home. His mother and his grandmother are Jews, but his father is a Greek. And of course, in, in this day, it was very much against the Jewish custom for Jews to marry outside of their own people. And so to the Jews, when they would look at Timothy's family, they would not see a good family. They would see a, a family, a, a woman who was a Jew, who ends up marrying a, a, a Greek, which was not, not really accepted in those days. And in fact, we find here that really this was um, not really the, the best, even if we could say Christian home. It's interesting that um, in this passage, and every time we read about Timothy, uh, nothing is ever said of Timothy's father other than that he was a Greek. Nothing is ever said of Timothy's grandfather. In fact, the only two relatives that we find mentioned of Timothy is his grandmother and his mother. His grandmother and his mother. Notice his grandmother, Lois. We're not told how Lois came to know Jesus, but it seems that she was the first in the family who decided to follow Jesus. She is the one that must have maybe heard, maybe she was there, uh, uh, maybe she had been hearing some of the teachings that had been going on, but somehow Lois, the grandmother, heard of, of Jesus, she heard the gospel, and Lois had chose, made a choice to put her faith in Jesus Christ. We're not sure of, of all that transpires, but she then in turn teaches her daughter Eunice. 
And Eunice, she, again, even though uh, Eunice is, is maybe from a, a home where the husband may not believe the same way that she believes, Eunice, after hearing what her mother had done, um, Lois, and hearing how she had put her faith in Christ, and then uh, Eunice hearing about this as well, then, then she also puts her faith in Christ. It says that they both believed the Word of God. Timothy's grandmother was no doubt the one responsible for sharing her faith with her daughter. And then it's very likely that Eunice was already married before she came to Christ because we, again, we know that her husband was a Greek. And again, there's nothing mentioned about him knowing Jesus as well. And a lot of times we can think, well, you know, the people in the Bible, you know, they just had everything perfect. Their lives were perfect. Their marriages were perfect. Their home was perfect. Their life was perfect. But that's not what we find all the time. In fact, I think when we find here Timothy, this young man growing up, he had a father and a mother, but we could say kind of a dysfunctional family. Maybe having two different belief systems in the home. The father believing one thing, the mother believing one thing, the grandmother as well. What is Timothy going to choose? What will Timothy choose to believe? The Bible tells us obviously that Timothy chose to put his faith in Jesus Christ as well. But can I tell you this morning, maybe you think, well, my home isn't perfect. My family's not perfect. My marriage isn't perfect. Therefore, Because of that, God can't use me or God can't use my family. Can I say, can I stop you there this morning and say, uh, don't ever say that. Don't ever say that just because your family may not be perfect or it may not exactly line up with what you think that that a perfect family ought to be. Can I say, oh man, I'm telling you, if you'll just simply follow God and, and be obedient to God, God can use you. Now, we may not know a lot about Lois, and we may not know a lot about Eunice, but one thing that we do know about this grandmother and this mother is they were faithful in teaching the Word of God. They were faithful in teaching God's Word to Timothy. Eunice teaching her, her, grands, or her, her son, and, and Lois teaching her, her grandchild. Can I tell you this morning, grandparents, you have no idea the impact that you can make on your grandchildren. I don't think it's a coincidence that the grandmother is mentioned here. That the faith that the grandmother had, again, think about what Paul is saying here. He says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. Paul said, hey, Timothy, there's something about your faith that is, that, it, that, that word unfeigned means it's, it's unshakable. It's not able to be broken, Right? But he said, hey, you didn't, it didn't start with you. It started with your grandmother. And then your grandmother passed it on to her child, to, to, to her. And then her, she passed it on to you. Hey, Timothy, hey, let me tell you something. You have a great heritage. Well, but Paul, my, my father's not really even in the picture here. And my father doesn't believe. And, and I, my grandfather, we're not really sure about him. Paul, what do you mean I have a great heritage? Because you have a mother and you have a grandmother that believe God. And their faith was unfeigned. It was unshakable. And because of their faith, Timothy was taught the word of God. Grandparents, can I challenge you today? You need to have an unfeigned faith for your grandchildren. Parents, can I challenge you today? 
you say, well, hey, my, my, we don't have the best home life, and maybe, maybe one spouse isn't really even in the picture. Maybe, maybe the husband doesn't believe or the wife doesn't believe, and you say, hey, I'm all alone here trying to raise my family in, a, in the things that are pleasing to God. Hey, keep going. Keep doing that. You don't waver from that. You have that unfeigned faith that your grandchildren and your children can see and say, hey, there's something there, and I want what they have. Paul says, Timothy, you've got a great heritage. Your life doesn't have to be perfect. Your life doesn't have to be exactly the way it's supposed to be. You've got something special, Timothy. You have a mother and you have a grandmother that love God. In fact, the Bible tells us later on in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, he says in verse number, uh, verse number 15, that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. Well, let me ask you a question. Who is... Who is teaching this child, Timothy, the scriptures? As a child, who was teaching this young man? It was his mother and his grandmother teaching him the scriptures, helping him to know the word of God. He had a great heritage, but didn't mean his life was perfect. What is the heritage that God has blessed you with? You say, well, there's nobody else in my family that believes. My mother doesn't believe, and my grandparents, they didn't believe, and my father doesn't believe. I'm, I'm the first one in my family to, to believe. Praise God. Start the heritage. Start it. You be the one that begins and pass it on to your children, and let them pass it on to their children, and you help pass it on to your grandchildren started with Eunice. Then it was passed on to Lois. Or excuse me, it started with Lois and then passed on to, to Eunice. It has to start somewhere. You say, well, man, you don't understand. My home is just a mess and, and nobody in my family cares about God. Well, then you begin. You start there. You have that unfeigned faith and you set the standard and you believe the Bible. You believe God as the song just said. Say, hey, I've seen what God can do and I know he saved me and I know he can save my children. I know he can save my grandchildren. I know he can save my great-grandchildren. So I'm going to start here. I'm not going to look and see what the heritage was. Maybe that wasn't the greatest heritage there, but I'm going to make sure and start now that my children and my grandchildren have a good heritage. We see his heritage. May I say secondly, we see his faith. We see his faith. Again, Paul says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. Now, can I say that, that unshakable faith, that unbreakable faith, and, and please understand when I, when. When Paul says that unfeigned faith, it doesn't mean that Timothy didn't never had problems. It doesn't mean that Timothy ever doubted. In fact, I think when we read Scripture, you'll find out maybe it was because uh, you know the the life that Paul or that Timothy lived and uh, and seeing you know that maybe he didn't have a, a father in in the picture that believed that. There were times when Timothy doubted and Timothy was, was, wasn't sure maybe if this is what he should be doing or what. But Paul says, hey, your faith never left. Yeah, there may have been times when Timothy wasn't really sure what to do or, or what next step to take. But Paul says, your faith never wavered. You followed God. You believed God. But it didn't start there. It didn't start like this. Again, go back with me to Acts chapter 16. In Acts chapter 16, again, think about what Paul says here. We see his faith from childhood. From childhood, it says, And he came, he, Paul, to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewish 
Jewish and believed, but his father was a Greek, which was well reported of the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decree to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily." So think about this. Here's this young man. He's, he's been taught the scriptures by his mother and his grandmother. And, and all of a sudden, one day, this guy named Paul comes on the scene and he's preaching the gospel and he performs a miracle. And, and the people in town say, hey, the gods have come down. And, and then because of some of the, the instigators, they change from Paul being a god to taking him out and stoning him to death. Timothy is probably very aware of this, and somehow in this, Timothy believes, and, and Paul leaves, and he's gone for a while, and he comes back, and here's this young man that is growing in his faith, and, and Paul says, hey, that, that young man, I remember him last time I was here, and last time I was here, maybe he was just a new believer, maybe he was just a young man that believed, but let me tell you something, the believers here in the church said this, is a, this disciple, this Timotheus, is well reported of. He was growing in his faith. Can I say this morning, one of the best ways to grow in faith is to become involved in ministry. One of the best ways to grow in your faith is to become involved in a ministry somewhere, right? Now, it's important that we're growing, right? We need to be in the Word of God every day, and we need to be praying, and we need to be uh, learning from the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. But notice, Paul said, hey, here's a young man. He's young in his faith. I want to help him grow. Did Paul just say, all right, now, Timothy, you sit here, and I'm going to have you sit here, and, and I'm going to be your teacher, and you're just going to sit here, and you're just going to listen to me for hours and hours and hours, and you're going to write down all the notes that I tell you, and this is how you're going to grow in your faith. These guys are like, what did we do? Is that, is that what Paul did with Timothy? No. That wasn't what he did. In fact, when Paul found Timothy, he said, hey, this disciple is well reported. He's growing in his faith. You know what Paul did? He said, come here, Timothy. His name's not Timothy, but that's okay. Timothy, come here. I want you to come with me. I want you to come with me, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you, and we're going to do what they call here in the States OJT. That's not orange juice, by the way, okay? That's on-the-job training, right? And so, Timothy, you're, you're growing your faith, and I'm excited about that, and I'm glad to see the faith that is in you from, that your mother and your, your grandmother instilled in you, but I want to help you to grow. And so, Timothy, if you'll let me, I want to help you to grow in your faith. And so here's what Paul did. He said, Timothy, you're going to come with me. And the Bible says they began to travel around, right? Wherever Paul went, Timothy went. And no matter where Paul went, Timothy's there. I mean, you read through Scripture. Wherever Paul goes, Timothy's at. And what is happening all the time that Paul, don't hit the microphone there, um, all the time, I didn't hit it, you're not supposed to hit it, okay? All the time that Paul is teaching, what's happening? He's hearing. Oh, could, could they just sit in a classroom? Sure they could. But that's not really going to help him to learn. He needs to see it firsthand. And so every time that Paul would go out, he's going to take Timothy with him. Hey, we're going to go to Derby. Timothy, let's go. We're going to go to Derby. Now, as we're going to Derby, you know, this is, this is what we're going to do. We're going to try to encourage people. We're going to teach them about Jesus Christ, and, and we're going to give, talk about salvation and, and helping them understand why salvation is different 
than what the Jews are thinking. The Jews think salvation is by works. And Timothy, I know you don't believe that salvation is by works because your mother and your grandmother, they taught you salvation is by faith in Christ. But, you know, there's a lot of these people that don't believe that. And so we're going to go and we're going to teach them. So, Timothy, let's go. We're going to teach. And, uh, and Paul is just mentoring him the whole time. And as they get to Derby and they get to these other places, Paul, uh, Timothy is listening and he's hearing Tim, he's hearing Paul preach, and he's hearing Paul teach, and, and he's learning. He's just soaking it up. I mean, everywhere that Paul goes, Timothy is going. Can I ask you a question this morning? What is your OJT? Where's your on-the-job training? You see, it's, it's one thing to sit in a service, and I, I get that. We need to sit. There needs to be time of instruction, right? There needs to be time of sitting and listening, right? But can I tell you, the, the best way to grow is to get involved, to begin to be active, right? And this is why no matter where you find Paul, there's always someone with him. You find Paul with Timothy, you find Paul with Titus, you find Paul with Trophimus, you find Paul with Tychicus. I mean, he's always with someone because he's trying to help them grow in their faith. Now, does that mean that Timothy is going to become the Apostle Paul? No, of course not. Timothy's Timothy. Paul is Paul, right? Timothy's not going to become the Apostle Paul, but Paul knows that God has a special plan for Timothy's life, just like God has a special plan for each of your lives. And he knows that the only way that God's really going to be able to help Timothy to accomplish that is if he is growing and learning spiritually. And the only way to do that is not just to have him in a classroom and teach him, but to be able to take him everywhere that he goes, listening. And you know what? Guess what he's going to hear? He's going to see some of the difficult things as well. You don't think Timothy saw Paul in prison? In fact, Timothy experienced some of that. When Paul was in prison, Timothy was in prison. You don't think Timothy saw Paul being beaten many times? Sure he did. What's it doing? It's helping him to grow in his faith to see, hey, if God can take care of Paul and God can take care of me, then when I go out and I'm not with Paul, God can take care of me too. Thank you, Timothy. Right? Everywhere they went... He's teaching them. He's, he's taking someone with him. He's taking Timothy and encouraging him, right? Paul, again, Paul was, uh, Timothy was just a, a young man, both, both physically but also in the faith. But here was a, a man in the faith named Paul that it didn't stop Paul from taking him with him and teaching him. You know, we can look around at some of the young people in the church and we say, well, you know, they're just, they're just a little young. You know, maybe when they get older, then I'll, then I'll step in and I'll try to mentor them and I'll try to help them. Or maybe some of these young ladies, you know, uh, they're, just, they're just young right now. Maybe when they get older, I'll step in and I'll try to start mentoring them. No, 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 no. Why not do it now? Why wait? Why would you want to wait? Let them learn now. By the way, you know it's a lot easier to learn when you're younger than when you get older. Where are the Pauls that are going to take the Timothys and the young ladies here and mentor them and help them to grow and say, hey, let me teach you how to teach a Sunday school class. Let me teach you how to lead somebody to Jesus. Let me teach you uh, some of these guys that want to be preachers. Hey, let me teach you how to share your testimony with someone. Where are the Pauls? You say, well, Pastor, that's your job. Mine? Why is it my job and not yours? I'm a Christian just like you are. By the way, I'm not the Apostle Paul. 
And I'm not Timothy. I'm just what God's called me to be, right? But every one of us have a responsibility to help those that are young in the faith to grow spiritually. And this is what Paul is doing. He's, he's noticing his faith from childhood, basically from a young man, and helping him to grow in his faith. We need men and women in this church who will take young people under their wing and teach them on the job. Look, if you're involved in a ministry, invite them into your ministry. Let them go with you. You have something to teach them. You say, well, I don't have anything to teach. Look, you do. You do have something to teach them. You say, well, maybe some of these young people have been saved longer than you have. That's okay. You have something. If you're involved in a ministry somewhere, get them in there and teach them and help them to learn how they can be involved. But we see his faith from childhood to maturity. Again, think about this. Paul is writing to Timothy, and of course, Timothy would become, uh, later become the pastor in Ephesus after Paul begins to take him. Uh, Paul had such a trust in Timothy that he could say, hey, Timothy, I want you to go over here and help these guys. Timothy, I want you to go over there and help those guys, right? You see, Paul couldn't be everywhere at once. And he says, hey, there's, there's some guys over here, there's some heathen over here on this front row that really need help over here. And I can't go over there and help them. So, Timothy, you need to help these heathen over here on the front row, all right? So, t- now, watch this. Now, listen, listen to this, right? Hold on. You, th- you think I'm lying? Hold on. Listen to what Paul says in the book of Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 19. He said, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. Now, this is what he says. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. You understand what Paul just said? He said, there's nobody that I trust more than Timothy. He said, if if I can't be there, there's no one I trust more that is going to help you to grow in your faith than Timothy is. Why? Because Paul said, I taught Timothy. I took Timothy with me, and I encouraged him, and I helped him to grow so that now I know, hey, I have no problem. Hey, when I see, hey, there's, some, there's something going on here, and I need to send someone, I have no problem sending Timothy because I taught him, and I know his heart, and I know his faith, and I know he's going to do exactly what I would do if I was there. Paul says, I can't be everywhere at once, but I know Timothy believes the same way I believe. There's no man like-minded like Timothy, and I trust him that he's going to get the job done, and he's going to be sound in doctrine, and he's going to teach the right things that the Bible says. I trust Timothy because I took him under my wing, and I helped him to grow spiritually, and I know he's going to do exactly what God wants him to do, right? Thank you, Timothy. I might send you somewhere else, so be careful, right? You see, his faith went from childhood, from this young man that had gotten saved by his mother and grandmother teaching him the word of God and hearing to now this apostle Paul takes him under his wing and begins to encourage him. And now Timothy is being sent out where Paul cannot go. I can can say this. I am so thankful that we have young people in this church who have a desire to serve God. When, when we came back to the States, and I, it was very difficult for me to leave the mission field because I just, 
I saw there was such a need everywhere. We wanted to go to Rwanda, and we kept arguing with God about where we could go and things, and God just began to direct us here. I said, Lord, that's fine. If you want us to come back, I'll come back. But God, would you help us to be able to raise up young people that will go? Because I, I can't be everywhere. Would you help us be able to raise up young people that can go or adults that will go and, and tell people about Jesus Christ? And man, I'm so thankful there are people here who have gotten saved because an adult or someone went out and invited you to come to church or gave you the gospel. And because of that, you got saved. And you're sitting here this morning and you're growing in your faith. And there's young people that are willing to say, God, I'll go as a missionary and I'll go as a preacher. God, whatever you want. And they're growing in their faith. You see, our faith is growing from childhood to maturity. And that's what God desires in our life, to go from young in the faith to being mature in the faith so that now we're able to go out and do what God wants us to do. And that's what God's desire is for each one of our lives. Now, again, are are we all at different stages? Sure we are. Sure we're all at different stages. But there ought to be desire in every one of our lives to say, hey, I want to grow more this year than I did last year. I want to I be able to take a few more steps in my spiritual growth. I want to be able to get involved in something and grow spiritually and let God use me. Because I don't want to just stay where I was last year. I don't want to still be a child in the faith. I want to grow spiritually. And that's what Paul is saying about Timothy. He had a great heritage, but his faith was unfeigned. Because he had listened to his mother and his grandmother. He had been taught through the Apostle Paul in his ministry. And he had been on the job and and training. But I want you to notice the third thing here. Not only do we see his heritage and his faith, but notice his gift. In verse number 6 he says, Wherefore, back in 2 Timothy chapter 1, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Again, I don't think it's, I don't think it's any coincidence that right after Paul says, hey, I want you to remember the gift that God has given you. I want you to stir up that remembrance. I, I want you to remember what God has called you to do, Timothy. I want you to remember that, that he says in verse 7, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Paul reminds Timothy that his gift was from God. This gift was not from his grandmother. This gift was not from his mother, although they were great in their faith and they had a great part in Timothy coming to know the Lord. This this gift was not from Paul. Although Paul had a part in Timothy growing in his faith, this gift that Paul is reminding Timothy of is from God. Not from his parents, not from his grandparents, not from Paul, not from the apostles. This gift was from God. He says, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. Just as Paul knew that God had called him to be an apostle, and he clearly states that back in verse number one, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. So Timothy knew that God had called him. And Paul is reminding Timothy, hey, Timothy, this isn't just some calling of your family. This isn't just some calling of your mentor. This was a calling of God upon your life. And friend, may I say that each of us as Christians must understand the gift 
that God has for us. Oh, I'm not just talking about the gift of salvation. We understand the Bible is very clear about that. The Bible says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I, I know it says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And we understand salvation is a free gift. And friend, if you're here this morning and you, you thought maybe salvation had to do with, with being a good person, or maybe you thought salvation had to do with being part of a church, or maybe you thought salvation had to do with being baptized or trying to keep the commandments, can I tell you something? God says that salvation is the gift of God. You cannot work for it. You cannot earn it. It is a gift that is freely offered by God himself alone. And it is only through faith in Jesus Christ. You cannot work for it. You cannot earn it. It's a gift. Timothy had received that gift of salvation, but that's not the gift that Paul is speaking of here. It's not the gift of salvation. We, again, we all as Christians, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, we have all received that gift because we cannot work for it. We cannot earn it. You cannot be good enough to earn salvation. It's a gift. And Timothy had received that gift. Paul speaks about that. But that's not the gift that Paul is speaking of here. He says, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. What is this gift of God? It's this gift that God has placed in Timothy's life to serve him. To serve God. And I think we... I think we misunderstand serving God. We think serving God is a calling or maybe a duty. As a Christian, I have to serve God. As a Christian, I am obligated to serve God. And no doubt, maybe we could, we could see that in some places. But why do we look at it that way? instead of looking at it as a gift. We not only have the gift of eternal life, but we have a gift in that we have the privilege of being able to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, please understand, Paul is not saying, Timothy, your gift was to be the Apostle Paul. That's not what his gift was. Because every person's gift is different. God gifts everyone differently. Paul was an apostle. Timothy was, was to be a pastor of the church of Ephesus. But not everyone is going to be gifted to be a pastor. Not everyone is going to be gifted to be a Sunday school teacher. But what we have to understand is that God has gifted every single one of us for his service. And the problem is, is we don't look at it as a gift. We don't look at it as a gift. Because we think of a gift as something that I get for myself. But God says, I'm not giving you this gift for yourself. I'm giving you this gift so that you can serve me. You understand that? God says he is gifting us talents and abilities not for ourselves, but for him. 
And the reason why we get so bent out of shape about serving God is because it's not about me. The reason why we don't want to serve God, the reason why we don't want to be obedient to what God says for us is because we feel there's nothing that we get out of it. And so if I don't get anything out of it, then it surely cannot be a gift. It can't be a gift if I don't get anything out of it. But Paul says, I want to remind you, Timothy, and to stir up the gift of God. The gift that God has given. In fact, Paul tells the Philippian church back in Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He said he has started something in our life. Jesus Christ started something in us that day that we accepted Christ, and he is working to fulfill his purpose in our life. Not our purpose, his purpose. His purpose. Do you, know, do you know why I went to the mission field? It wasn't my purpose. It was his purpose. Do you know why I came back to, to pastor in America? It wasn't my purpose. It was his purpose. It's so funny that I, I, I didn't want to have anything to do with being a missionary. I didn't want to go to the mission field. But then when God, when God began to lead me and, and God began to put that in my heart and I surrendered, I said, all right, Lord, yes, I'll, I'll do that. I'll, I'll go. And then as we were on the mission field, I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave. And then after we were there for a number of years and God said, all right, I, I want you to go back and I want you to pastor in America. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to come back to America and pastor. There was a whole list of reasons why I told, that I told God of why I didn't want to come back and pastor. But I knew if this is what God wanted, that, all right, Lord, then if this is what you're leading, then I'll do it. And so I came back, and I began to pastor. And now, can I tell you something? I don't want to stop. But here's the thing. If God says, all right, Andrew, it's time for you to go somewhere else, I'm sure I'll probably argue with God and say, God, but I don't want to. I'm, I'm pastoring, and, and you're blessing, and I don't want to go. But Lord, if you tell me to go somewhere else, I'm willing to go. You see, it's not about our purpose. It's about his purpose. It's about what he wants for us. That is that, that gift that Paul is saying, he's trying to say, hey, Timothy, don't forget. This gift that God has given you, don't forget. It's not about you, Timothy. It's about God. It's not about you. And yes, are there going to be some difficulties? Sure. When, when Timothy went with Paul, did he see Paul get in prison? Yes. Did Timothy experience it? Yes. Did he see Paul get beaten with rods? Yes. Did he see him get beaten with a cat of nine tails? Yes. He saw those things. And this is why he says in verse number seven, hey, but Timothy, don't forget, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What happens is we start looking at all the things around us and we start saying, hey, this is what God wants me to do, but I'm afraid of what's going to happen and I've seen what's going to happen and I know what's going to happen and so maybe I just shouldn't do that. God says, wait a minute, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about me. Paul is trying to encourage Timothy to don't, don't forget your calling. Don't forget what God has called you to do. It doesn't mean it's going to be an easy road. No doubt there were difficulties along the way. Imagine being young Timothy. 
and seeing all that was done to Paul. Think about that for a moment. Young Timothy, going with Paul and seeing all the things that had been done to him. I remember one reason that I wanted nothing to do with ministry. I wanted nothing to do with ministry was because of the stories that I heard pastors tell of how people treated them in their churches. I would sit as a young person. My dad's a preacher and a missionary. We would be at a table with pastors, and I would sit and I would listen to how pastors would talk about how people in their church treated them. And these are supposed to be God's people. I don't want to have anything to do with that. I remember my dad was pastoring in Missouri. I remember hearing things that they would say about my dad. Church people. God's people. I don't want to have anything to do with that. Christians. I want nothing to do with that. Turned me away. It made me bitter towards God, toward the people of God. Because if that's how God's people are treating each other, why would I want to have anything to do with that? And God says, You know, Andrew, it's not about you, it's not about you about me whether they treat pastors like that or not and can I just can I just stop here for a moment and say that is not I've never said that can never be said about First Baptist Church as far as I know it can't be said about First Baptist Church oh I'm sure there's I'm sure we've had disagreements with people and things like that but I've never heard derogatory things said about the pastor, his family. I'm thankful for that. Thankful for that. That's the way it should be. I'm not saying we all have to agree on everything, but there ought to be a, a love for God's people. But do you understand it's not about us? And no doubt Timothy saw all that Paul went through. And Timothy is the pastor of Ephesus. And you remember... Remember Ephesus? We're going through Ephesians on Sunday nights, finishing that up. Started well. What happens when we get to the book of Revelation? It says they left their first love. They started right, but then they focused God off of God. It began on them. It was on them. And Timothy is wondering, how am I going to be able to do this? Paul, you're... You're not going to be there. My mentor in the faith is about to die. Who am I going to go to when I have questions about ministry? Who am I going to go to? Who am I going to be able to see and, and talk to? And Paul, no doubt, 
here's the pain and the fear in Timothy. So how do you know that? Well, did you not read what he said? In verse number four, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears. I may be filled with joy. Paul says, Timothy, I know, I know this is hard for you right now. I know this is difficult for you right now. But don't ever forget your heritage. Don't ever forget that faith that your mother and grandmother showed. Don't forget your faith, Timothy. You keep that unfeigned faith. You keep pressing on. And Timothy, don't forget about your gift. The gift that God has called you to. The privilege that we have to serve the living God. Is it going to be difficult, Timothy? Yeah, there might be some difficulties. <laughs> As Paul is sitting in a Roman jail. There might be some difficulties, Timothy. But Timothy, can I tell you something? God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Don't be afraid, Timothy. You keep going forward. Timothy, don't be afraid. Continue on. Keep going. It may not be easy all the time. And I may not be there to answer some of your questions. But Timothy, you have a great heritage. You have an unfeigned faith. And you have the gift of God. Don't fear. Keep going. I wonder whether their heads bowed and their eyes closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking about. I wonder, friend, you may be here this morning, and maybe you're not sure that you're saved. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm not, you know, I thought being a church member, or I thought being baptized, or I thought going to church and keeping the commandments and being a good person, I thought, I thought those were all the things that I had to do to go to heaven. I thought that, that's what I had to do to please God. Well, you're saying it's, it's a gift. It's just a gift of God. That's it. That's all I have to do is receive God's gift. Yes, friend, that's it. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Maybe there's somebody here this morning who say, Pastor, I don't know that I've ever received that gift. But I would like to know how to receive that. I'd like to know how I can receive that gift of God so that I can have eternal life as well. Friend, there's nobody else looking about. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. But if you say, Pastor, that's me, I'd like to know how to receive that gift. I'm not going to, friend, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. But I would like to pray for you this morning. If you say, Pastor, that's me, I'd like to know how to receive that gift. Would you just slip your hand up right now? Just put it up and put it right back down. Nobody else is looking about. Just put it up, put it right back down. Yes, God bless you. Someone else, say, Pastor, I'd like to know how to receive that gift. I'm not sure if I'm saved. Just slip your hand up, put it right back down. Nobody's going to come to you. I'm not going to call you out. But I just want to pray for you this morning. 
Christian, what about you? You have a heritage. You say, well, pastor, I don't have much of one. Then start one. You start the heritage for your family. Timothy's home was dysfunctional. It was broken. But yet there was a grandmother and a mother that at least loved God to teach Timothy. You may have to start that. You may have to be that one like the grandmother. Or maybe you have a grandmother that maybe, or a grandfather that helped you at least to come to church and took you to church and gave you a Bible. You came to know Jesus Christ because of that. You have a heritage and you're going to leave a heritage. What's it going to be? If you're saved, we, you have a faith, but is it unshakable? Are we growing in our faith or are we still in childhood? We have a gift of God. God has given every one of us a gift. No, friend, you don't have to be me. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. God wants you to be what he wants you to be for him. Are you willing to turn that over to him? You willing to turn it over to God and say, God, here's my life. Whatever you want, it's yours. That gift of serving him. So what's going to happen? Friend, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But I know this, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And we can trust him, we can believe him, that he knows what's best. Father, I pray you'd work in our hearts this morning. Lord, especially for those that may not know Christ as their Savior, that you would speak to them and help them to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. As Christians, Lord, help us to continue on Lord, yes, sometimes it gets difficult. Lord, help us to have that unfeigned faith. It's unshakable. It's unwavering. We just keep moving forward. Lord, we have that gift to serve you. And what a, what a gift it is to be able to serve God himself. Lord, help us to find opportunities to use the gifts that you've given in our life for your honor and your glory. Lord, work in our hearts now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together with our heads bowed and our eyes closed.